All right. Hey, friends. Uh, this is Tea Time with the Big Dogs. I'm Big Dog Ethan. And I'm Big Dog Jay. And we're coming at you, or I guess we're recording. I was going to say coming at you live, but we're yeah. not live. I'd like to think that we're live. Uh, we are recording this on the eve of December 27th uh, at 10 o'clock at night. We're doing another late night recording because... Mainly because my my sleep schedule's fucked up. I don't know uh, how's your sleep schedule doing, Jay. I think mine's okay. I'm I'm feeling a little tired right now, though. To be honest. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, gotcha. Did yeah. you get a? Are you drinking a tea with? Um, are you drinking a tea with uh, caffeine in it? No, I'm not. I actually uh, decided to go without caffeine because I was scared that I wouldn't get to bed tonight. Oh, gotcha. Okay. What yeah. what kind of tea are you drinking? So I got a special blended chamomile rose tea right now i bought my sister Ooh. a blender box of tea for christmas and yeah, she decided to bust that out for tonight okay well that's cool yeah, oh, yeah. i mean what better night than uh than a recording of tea time with the big dogs i'm uh i'm just drinking uh a green tea with uh lemon i think it's like a hint of lemon or like a spice of lemon whatever you call it um this is what's oh, nice. the brand again i I think it's like Bigelow. I think it's the, the oh, brand. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Um, but yeah, so let me take another sip here. It's actually quite good. I think so I've had if, that brand's black tea before, but I'm not sure about any other. Yeah. Them. I think I have. I think I've had it here on the show quite a few times before, too, because at the time I was like really into like caffeinated drinks. And so oh, I like yeah, yeah. felt the need to mention that. Um, normally, and actually, yeah, I will say if. If I sound if I sound like I'm getting super aggressive in uh, especially like towards the middle or the end of this uh, of this podcast, it's probably because the caffeine's just like really hitting me and I'm just going like so right on yeah. Anyways, yeah. I'm sure you appreciate him. I'm sure I'm sure the listener really appreciated me doing that straight into the microphone. Well, I'll, I'll be sure that hearing you vocalize yeah. any day at any pitch, perfect. Well, well, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, big dog. I'm blushing right now. Absolutely welcome. Uh, if anybody out there doesn't know, I heard Ethan sing in a quartet at Solon's Ensemble Festival. And Ethan, were you bass or were you baritone? Oh man, I can't remember now. Oh my gosh, I, I forgot about. I don't even know which one it would have been. It would have been senior year. Yeah. So I guess it would have been. It, though. You guys sounded so good. Yeah, I appreciate that, friend. Um, man, I'm trying to think now what the Oh, that was it. It was um Poor Man Lazarus. Poor Man Lazarus, that's it. And and yeah, because we I would have been baritone because Jeff Jeff was would have been our bass. And I think Anthony Gartner was one of our tenors, and I think Daniel Gatewood was the other tenor. I might be wrong on that. I might be wrong on that. I I'd have to I'd have to double check on that with uh, with those uh, friends. Gotcha. Um, but um, anyways, yeah, I remember that was that was a fun one to do with them. Yeah, yeah. you guys sounded really Lazarus. good. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. So let's let's uh, let's get into this topic that I wanted to talk about. Um, this is one where um, this one is very timely. Like this is probably this is probably the most timely. Um, topic that I think we've ever talked about because there there's a lot there's a lot to do um, regarding this idea regarding this this movement that's happening. So um, Jay, I'm gonna do one of my things where I talk for a long time and like sort of um, talk about like why why I'm here and I, and I kind of um, this can be kind of a discussion thing because I, I imagine. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe some disagreements popped up because a lot of disagreements are happening about this topic online. But um, for those who don't know, there's a there's a pretty big movement that's starting to catch fire and really has already caught a decent amount of fire on Twitter. So the movement is hashtag force the vote again, hashtag force the vote. And this is a really, really interesting movement. Um so to give some context to this, um, for those who might not know, we're in the middle of a pandemic right now. We are in the middle of a pandemic right now. 
And effectively, we're also in the middle of an economic depression, or we're certainly slipping into one right now because unemployment is still at ridiculous, ridiculous rates. I think I had it up on I had it up on the hill, but I think it was like, what was it like? Um, I, I want to say I think we're like we're still like 11 million. We've lost 11 million jobs since the start of COVID. We're in the middle of an economic depression right now. That's a long way of going about that, uh, or a long way of going about saying that. And um, we really need Medicare for all right now. Uh, there's no other way around it. Uh, Medicare for all is, it's a single-payer healthcare system. Medicare for all is the idea that we set up like a single-payer healthcare system, that we get rid, that we try to find a way to... Um, we try to find a way to provide easy access to healthcare, or well, easy and free access to healthcare um, for any citizen of the United States. And um, to those to those who say, "Oh, you know, it's just it's not possible." No, of course it's possible. Look, we spent like what was it, like seven hundred forty billion dollars on our last like defense spending budget. Like that, like that was the increase in defense spending. And of course, we had this ridiculous COVID COVID bill that just passed too, which you know, gave, which, you know, has a lot of provisions to give a lot more money to the top 1% wealthy, uh, tax, tax bracket. And what was the other thing? Oh yeah, that's right. We're also like giving like a bunch of money out to different governments like Israel and Venezuela and Cambodia. It's, it's ridiculous. There's definitely enough money for Medicare for all. I mean, a bunch of studies have been, have shown that, that in fact, it could actually save us a lot of money. Um, if we decide to go with Medicare for all, I think that was, that was a study done at Yale that showed that Medicare for all would actually save us, um, save us a lot more money, especially, especially if we cut spending for our bloated defense, uh, military budget. Yeah. And on the, top only, of two, I mean, uh, the only study I'm aware of that shows that, um, Medicare for all saves money overall from federal government spending is, um, one funded by the Koch brothers. And they have shown that the Koch brothers do have incentive to uh, have Medicare for all in existence in the United States. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, everyone has an incentive to have Medicare for all in the United States. That's the whole point is that it benefits everyone because it gives them free health care. Yeah. I mean, what that is true? I guess. I mean, I don't know. I don't. And, and I'm, I guess to make it clear real quick, I don't like I currently don't understand enough about insurance because that's kind of what Medicare for all is. It's it's insurance like um like we're, we're providing insurance like through the government and I don't know enough about general insurance, private insurance. I don't know enough about socialized insurance to really endorse it or to loudly speak out against it. So, um, yeah, I think really what really fascinates me here is the politics at play and that really interests me. And, yeah. um, also on top of that, I just want to see how it all plays out. So, yeah, we've been talking a lot about uh, Medicare for all, and I think we should probably get into the whole like movement side of things and really like what's going on with the um, what's kind of going on with this movement surrounding Medicare for all. Um, so force the vote um, is an idea that was first put out by Jimmy Dore. He's a comedian, comedian slash um, political commentator on YouTube, though I, I'd argue I really don't know what he was. I guess he was mostly a comedian before. And what happened was, um, I forget when exactly. I think he said like around 2016, he actually went bankrupt uh, from medical bills. Um, oh, gotcha. And so once that happened, I, I think he like moved his show onto YouTube. I think. I'm not too sure. Don't quote me on that. I'm sure there's like a lot more to the story than um, there's only so much I can gather from the story from the videos I've seen of him. Um but yeah, he um, he went bankrupt from medical bills, and like that's you know that that's that's gonna that's that's gonna make you someone who's um, that's gonna form you into someone who's going to really uh, uh, fight hard for you know Medicare for all, right? Um, so he put out this idea um, to force a vote on Medicare for all. So. This is the idea. The Democratic Party has a slight majority in the House, 222 to 211. Almost two years after its introduction, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi still hasn't put the Medicare for All bill up for a vote on the House floor. Now, whether or not you agree with Medicare for All, I, I think anyone can at least agree with this. A Nancy Pelosi 
is with the Democratic Party. She's with the Democratic Party, who yeah. supposedly supports Medicare for All. So why why is it, as House Speaker, are you not allowing a central bill, a bill that's central to your party, to be put up for a vote on the House floor? Right? I mean, it just shows how corrupt she is because it's pretty clear by and i'm sure i'm sure people uh, obviously don't have like the specific numbers in front of me but you can go on where is it opensecrets.org and you can probably find that she she takes a bunch of bunch of money from uh, uh from from both the healthcare industry and the pharmaceutical industry so that in and of itself right there even if you totally disagree with medicare for all fine this in and of itself though is ridiculous that she's that she's withholding um, that she's preventing a vote on a bill that is central to her party from being put on the House floor, right? I, I think that in and of itself is ridiculous. But anyways, so two years after its introduction, yeah, Pelosi has not put Medicare for All up for a vote. Now, she's up for re-election on January 3rd, and progressive representatives like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ilhan Omar, Ro Khanna, uh, and so forth, uh, they've got some leverage here. Right now, all they need is 15 progressive representatives to withhold their vote for Pelosi, and they can demand that she puts Medicare for All up for a vote on the House floor, right? Because here's the idea. If you have 15 progressive representatives stamp their foot down and say, look, we're not voting for you unless you promise us you're going to put Medicare for all up for a vote. Well, then she's pretty much, she. there's a great chance that she could lose that election, right? So she, we're kind of putting her, we'd be putting her in a position or they'd be putting her in a position where she'd have to say yes. If she says no, okay, then she loses, she loses the election. Um. So yeah, and, and this is, Everything about this, I think, is brilliant. In one sense, um, what's awesome about this is that progressive representatives are finally able to wield some power in the House. Because it seems like for the past two years, like all they've been able to do is like make a bunch of tweets about how corrupt the system is, which is like it's great and all, but like, what the fuck does that do? You know? Um, and, and I don't want to like blame. I don't want to like put any blame on them for that or anything. But it's like. You've been making all these tweets for the past two years, so it really hasn't all it's really done is just gotten a bunch of people angry. And now, now, now that they've got like enough support, now that there are enough progressive representatives in the House um, to do something like this, I think that's awesome. That that finally progressive representatives are finally able to to enact some change that that they've been talking about making. They're in a great position right now. That being said, uh. Yeah, no, there's still there's still some criticism about this move, and it's been criticism. Um, there's actually been criticism from AOC herself, and there's also been a lot of criticism from Cenk Uger, who's like one of the co-founders of the Justice Democrats, um, which supported people like AOC, Cory Bush, Ilhan Omar, th those folks. Cenk um, is also the leader of the Young Turks, if you're familiar with their media program. Yes, 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 and um, and actually he's. Um, um, keep in mind too, like the Young Turks, like they have like a bunch of like partnerships with like different YouTube channels. So like that would be like Secular Talk. Uh, Jimmy Dore actually is also on the Young Turks. I think it's like their affiliate network or something like that. Um, so anyways, yeah. Um, so Chank Uger, Whoa, bigger, bigger conglomerate than I thought. I didn't realize yeah, that no. Jimmy Dore and Secular Talk were both part of uh, Chank's network. I kind of, I kind yeah. of think I knew Jimmy was because I think I've seen him before like yeah. with the tyt logo logo but i, I didn't yeah. think kyle was because uh kyle yeah his setup looks a little bit more i don't know lo-fi than the rest of them to me yeah and that's the thing so i don't think they're really like part of their network i think they're like just affiliates so like they do their own thing but they're still like they still have that like connection with uh with the network if that makes any oh, sense so, I, okay sorry i think so they're like affiliated yeah. not like not like business yeah. affiliates but like affiliated just yeah, like it just means like, or yeah, it, they have like a friendship between their channels. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like a friendship. So like, what that means, they have like certain connections with the young. You know, maybe they like want to do like some kind of segment on on something like this on force the vote, right? They could do that. Um, it's also just a nice way of like unifying because I think I think what's starting to happen now is we're starting to see 
the Democratic Party sort of forming its own party. And I think I think something like force the vote is starting to signal another shift in um, in the political sphere of the United States, where now we're also starting to see like a far left party. I won't say like far left, more like centrist or like centrist left party forming, right? Um, so anyways, yeah. So I think something like the Young Turks um, is also helping to solidify that by like making a network of centrist left leaning um, left leaning channels, right? Um, so, oh, real quick. Yeah. Um, so for Nancy Pelosi, we found her top donors from 2019 to 2020. Um, mm. Her top donor... Her top contributor was the University of California. Um, oh. She does have a few health professionals and healthcare departments that are um, contributing to her. She has one super PAC that contributed about 250 grand to her for mm. individuals who are health professionals. She had about um, a little less than 500,000 that contributed to her. And there was a health insurance agency known as Kaiser Permanent think that's how you pronounce ah, it that yep, is see, uh that contributed about 37k to her uh, i guess yep, almost 30 there there it yeah. is there it is right there that's the reason why she has not put medicare for all up for a vote on the house floor because something like medicare for all would put that person's business that bit that that health insurance what's the name of it again uh it's kaiser permanent Kaiser permanent. Um, yeah, I, think yeah, that, I someone, don't know how to, it's spelled a little differently. It's like, per, it's like permanent. Yeah. I, in, I don't even know. Interesting. But yeah. anyways, yeah, something. So that's the reason right there. Why Nancy Pelosi has not put Medicare for all up for a vote. So, so I mean, you can, yeah. I guess you can uh, draw your own conclusions from that. I guess you, yes, I guess technically, yes, you have to draw your own conclusions. But look, someone's giving you $37,000 and you're refusing to put a bill up for a vote that could potentially ruin that person's business. Yeah, like there's, there's, I don't think there's any other argument other than that. Like, yeah, that's clearly what's happening. She's like, she's fulfilling the wishes of her donors. Um, cause that's, that's ultimately what her donors would want her to do. Otherwise, yeah. the I mean, I guess to put it in perspective though, that's yeah. a, that's a very small percentage of what, she, uh, what she's getting though. Well, yeah. And that's the thing too, is that she, yeah, I'm sure she's getting like other things. I'm sure she's getting other donations, um, from other corporate interests that she also needs to, that she also needs to follow. Right. Yeah, so like, like alphabet. Alphabet, yeah, Alphabet, exactly. Like I'm she's sure she's got money from um, Microsoft. She's got money from Walt Disney, yeah. but those are all still much, uh, much more minute compared to just the amount of individuals who are uh, providing to her. You have like a lot of retired politicians who are donating to her. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have a lot of random uh, Democratic and liberal individuals who donate to her. Um, you have a mm-hmm. lot of uh, education packs that are donating to her and lawyers and firms i guess just to like put that in perspective yeah yeah exactly so we know for a fact that yeah uh, pelosi pelosi is corrupt uh she's taking money from a bunch of corporate interests that that she shouldn't i get legally that yes like she's allowed to do that but that just should not be the case we should not have been allowing corporate corporate interests to be influencing our, our 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 government like this um but anyways um so that was really interesting. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, so it's kind of ridiculous that I think that this move has gotten so much like criticism and not to say that criticism is bad per se, but some of these critiques have been absolutely stupid because everything about this just sounds like, yeah, no duh. Like if you're going to vote, it's... Um, who's been, I think it's like, who's, I think both Jimmy Dorn, really a lot of, uh, progressive voices have been saying this, like this is politics 101. You do not give your vote for someone unless they're promising to give you something for that vote. So like, even for instance, yeah, I voted for Joe Biden. You want to know why I voted for Joe Biden? Cause he promised me that he wasn't, he wasn't going to be Trump. And for me, yeah, that was enough. Uh, even though. Um, just about everything that Biden does is 
stupid and ridiculous, and he's also just as just as corrupt as Nancy Pelosi. You know, I voted for him because he at least kind of respects First Amendment rights because he wasn't, you know, he hasn't threatened to call the military in on peaceful protesters like Trump tried to do over the summer, which was absolutely fucking ridiculous. Um, but anyways, he was he was promising me that, so I gave him my vote. That's that's like basic politics right there, right? So to so to just give away your vote like that makes absolutely no sense um, in reference to progressive representatives voting for Nancy Pelosi, like without some kind of um, demand being met. Right. And yeah. So, I mean, this is, this is your party leader. This is effectively the third most powerful person in the United States, I guess, just like politically. And um, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Like if you're voting for somebody, you want them to provide for you uh, what you believe in. And I guess if these people have campaigned, so I guess force the vote.org shows 15 members of the House of Representatives who campaigned on Medicare for all. Um, and it doesn't really show that many outside of that. So I guess the next question I kind of want to get to for you is, do you think this will win? Because I looked up what it would take for um, for the speaker to get re to get reappointed, because this is like a year in and year out vote. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it just says a simple majority so I guess if like Republicans kind of get word of this, like they could like do, I'm pretty sure Republicans vote because when it says, when I look up the mm-hmm. rules of it, it shows yeah. that majority of like Republicans or it shows that like the, the entirety of the house votes. So if the Republicans get word of this, they could all just like, I don't know, they could collude and just all appoint or vote for Nancy Pelosi. And, um, mm. instead of getting like a progressive in the spot of the house. So, yeah, so that's a good point. So with those elections, what happens is um, it's uh, so the party. So each party, whether or not they're whether or not they're like the majority or the minority um, in the House, they put up a nominee. um, They they'll nominate someone uh, for that election. Right. And really, in reality, just kind of like with the presidential, like like our presidential elections. Right. You can they can really vote for anyone like who's not even in the house. Right. Right. Um, just like you can write in someone, um, for a presidential election. Um, so the Republican nominee is, uh, Kevin McCarthy. Um, yeah. So the Republican nominee is Kevin McCarthy and what happened, what were, so there has been some talk about whether or not it's better for, um, whether it's better, whether it'd be better for these representatives to withhold, to like abstain from vote from voting or simply say that they're present, um, whenever they are, whenever they do call for this vote. Cause what happens is, um, they take the vote by saying, um, they just say they the name the- of the person. I, I think I've seen it before. Yeah. Don't they just say the name of the person? Like they'll ask like, uh, representative mm-hmm. X, like who would you yeah. vote for, for, or like, like what is your call or whatever? I'm not sure. Yeah. They, they, t- they, they take the, the vote. Yeah. They take the vote whenever, um, uh, whenever they're taking roll call for the first day of, um, like for the first day of, of, um, of is it the, assembly yeah. or uh, of assembling. And, um, yeah. So there is talk about whether or not it'd be better for them to abstain or to, to just fully abstain from voting, or at least say like that they're present because that might affect the majority. But um, how the election works is the, um, how the election works is um, if, so whoever, whoever's going to, whoever's going to win the election has to get the majority, um, has to get the majority. So the idea is, is that if these 15, representatives withhold their vote um no one reaches a majority like none of the nominees like reach like it's a majority of the votes and uh the the parties have to present new candidates for election oh now interesting and again there is there is kind of some risk to this because if uh because um the group that i'm working with to try and put this thing out there um, which i'll get to this in a second uh, the groups the group that's like trying to put this message like put this idea out there is still trying to work on whether whether or not they want whether or not they want these um 
representatives to um, to abstain from voting or to at least say that they're present because that might affect um, that might affect um, what what would be considered like the majority in the house if that makes any sense so like if if they're to say that they were abstaining from voting um i believe that would make the majority they would consider um the total number of candidates um like the total number of um voters uh how do i sorry this is really confusing for me to put into words they they would they wouldn't consider the people who abstain from voting as part of the as part of like the voters right so, so like they wouldn't be counted within that number so yeah. what could happen is if they abstain from voting republicans would end up getting the majority of votes and then kevin mccarthy would become speaker of the house yeah um, i could see that whereas with um with still calling with still saying that they're present um that would mean that they um, that they'd still be counted as as voters, but they just didn't like vote. Um, so again, Protest there's still vote. some, yeah. Yeah. So I know that's like I, what Ted Cruz is like um, notorious for. He's notorious for protest votes. For yeah, protest yeah, vote. yeah, exactly. So there's still some question as to like how there is still some question as to how they should handle those votes. But the basic idea is. We don't want them. We don't want these progressive representatives to vote for Nancy Pelosi because voting for Nancy Pelosi, um, if they're going to vote for Nancy Pelosi, they need to get some kind of a demand out of her, right? Or like some kind of, um, they need to get something out of her, right? And that thing w should definitely be Medicare for all, because again, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We're in the middle of an economic reception recession excuse me economic reception re recession um over two-thirds of all bankruptcies in the u.s have resulted from medical bills anyways so like that's that's like clear evidence right there that like yeah like this is going to be a big problem uh in the coming years so like we need to like put out something like put out some kind of bro program to address this problem and so there have been so there have been like a lot of critiques about this um, about this, about this idea. And I think a lot of these ideas are stupid. Um, or like a lot of these critiques are just ridiculous because even, so a lot of people are like arguing about the, or uh, they disagree with the strategy behind it. And I can't even really get behind that per se, because if you really, if you really believe in something, like, if you really believe in something, especially believe that, like, one of our rights aren't being respected in this case, like, we believe that one of our rights aren't being met, aren't being respected, the weight of that conviction, of a conviction like that, that one of your rights isn't being respected by our government, the weight of that conviction should drive you to take any nonviolent measure to correct that, right? Well, like, even if you... Healthcare... What were you going to say? Uh, healthcare isn't a right in the United States. Well, it's not. No, you're right. It's not. But what I'm saying is that, like, we believe that the people people who are for Medicare for all believe that healthcare should be a right, and that's that's what I'm trying to say is that yes, you are right to say that yeah, healthcare gotcha. isn't a right in the United States, but people who are for Medicare for all believe that that is something. That's something that I believe too, right? Why? Why should we be denying healthcare to people based on their ability to pay whenever countries like the UK, like Canada, like France, they're able to they're able to provide free healthcare to their citizens, right? And whenever I say free healthcare, obviously I don't mean like oh it's like totally free. I I hate that argument whenever people are like, well you know like Medicare for like free healthcare like isn't free. Haha, <laughs> own them liberals like. Yeah, no shit. We know healthcare costs money. We're just talking about like it's free. It's free whenever you go get the healthcare. And obviously anyone anyone who like makes that stupid that stupid argument knows that of course, but they're just trying to they're trying to sound they're trying to sound like the smart person in the room. When in reality they sound like the absolute idiot in the room. Um but anyways, uh not that's like a totally different thing. Obviously, everyone everyone like in this discussion or in like this debate, like they are for Medicare for all, or they at least say that they are for Medicare for all. Um, 
but there's some disagreement about the strategy of it. And, and I don't even think, I don't even think that disagreement about strategy should be a thing here, right? Like if you, again, if you believe that like, like a right is being violated, you do whatever, you do whatever, again, nonviolent measures you need to take in order to, in order to correct that, in order to correct that, whatever you call it, in order to correct that mistake, right? You don't, you don't just sit, if you think that one of your rights are being violated, you don't just sit back and say, well, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to work on this, uh, uh, at some point. No, if one of your rights, if one of your rights are being violated, you say, well, shit, we got to do something about this. Right. Um, so even like going, even just like, even on that level, like, I think it's, I think it's ridiculous. Cause if you even look back at like, there, there's like a quote that a lot of people have bring, been bringing up from Martin Luther King Jr., which is, um, it is, man, what was that quote from Martin Luther King Jr. again? It was like the time, the, uh, the time to do, it is always the time to do what is right. I think that's the line that he had. Wasn't that it? It is always time to do what is right. I'm not aware, but I'll go ahead and look that up real quick. Yeah, look that up. Look that up real quick. It's always time to do what is right. Um, and even even if it's that, even if that's not exactly what he said, like that is absolutely true, right? Um, and then on top of it, and there's also like the other, there's also the other line. T- there's also the other line too. Um, actually like the way you phrased it, he phrased it a very like wordy way. He said, the time is always right to do what is right. It's almost like a tongue twister. Yeah. Yeah. The time is always right to do what is right. Yeah. Uh, and, and there's also, I think this is also Martin Luther King line too, where he said, um, if, if not here, where, if not now, when, if not you, then who I think, or maybe I think it was like in a different line or whatever, but like, that's basically the whole point. Like that is the whole reasoning behind this, right? Like we're in very dire circumstances right now. Cause like a bunch of people have lost their healthcare due to this, due to this, uh, to the, due to the pandemic and due to this economic depression that we're in right now. And people, I mean, people are getting screwed out there right now. They're getting absolutely, absolutely fucked over right now. And and what do you think the right people think that the, like there are actually some people out there who think the right response is just to sit around and twiddle our thumbs and just say yeah I I hope that our representatives will eventually get around to providing health care for people in the middle of an economic depression and in a pandemic I, I'm just gonna sit around twiddle my thumbs and hope that our that our representatives will eventually get around to doing this no no like these are dire circumstances we need to do take some kind of action right now. Well, I guess um, I, I think maybe I asked this before. Sorry if I'm asking it again. No, uh, it's fine. So do you do you think that this is going to be successful? Like, does your what does your intuition say, and what does your education on the so, subject say? In terms of like force the vote, I think so because we're actually already starting to have an effect on on some politicians. So Cory Bush, I'm gonna get a drink of water because my voice is starting to crack, which means I've been babbling way too much. So, Corey Bush and Jamal Bowman came on CNN today, uh, this, again, today being the 27th uh, Sunday, and the interviewer there was like, so, are you going to vote for Nancy Pelosi? And Corey Bush's response was, I'm going to listen to what my constituents say. And it was, like, a very hesitant, because, like, you could, like, see, like, the gears turning in her head, like... Oh, like, I don't want to commit to anything yet, but, like, also, like, I am kind of, you know, it was like the gears are kind of turning in her head. So, at the very least, I think all the, I I would guess that all these representatives are, and certainly AOC is aware of this movement, right? And, um, um, but yeah, people like Cori Bush and Jamal Bowman, it's certainly, there are certainly, um, it, it seems to be certainly having an effect on them already will will it gain the momentum that it needs to gain uh before the uh before the house has its vote for Nancy Pelosi that I don't know that I don't know and that's kind of why um that's kind of why we're 
that's kind of why I'm like recording this episode tonight and I'm like going to edit it tonight and hopefully get it up by Monday. Fingers crossed. Fingers are crossed very tightly. But, um, but yeah, that's why, so that's why, that's actually kind of why I'm putting this out here because I am sort of making this almost like a bit of a call to action. Um, if anyone really believes in Medicare for all and really wants to see this kind of thing passed, this is the time right now. Like this is the time to try and take some kind of action to get Medicare for all passed. And, and here's the thing too, here's the thing too. Um, so in terms of like this movement actually being successful, I don't know. I, I can't even say that it'll, I can't even say that it'll work. Right. I, I'm hopeful. I am hopeful, but I don't want to like confirm anything because I still don't know, but there is some hope. Right. Um, in terms of like the vote, if, if a vote for Medicare for all actually got to the floor, it might pass. It might not, but here's the thing, right? Uh, and this is the thing that AOC was going on about too. Um, so a lot of people have been saying like, look, even, even if Medicare for all doesn't get passed, we, the, the left progressives would still win because that draws a line in the sand. You, you can identify who isn't for Medicare for all in the middle of a pandemic and an economic depression and who is for Medicare for all, right? I think I said is and isn't, I can't remember. But anyways, you get the point, right? That this vote at the very least will put a target on people, a rhetorical or, or a metaphorical target on people who aren't for Medicare for all, right? And you can identify who your enemies are and who your friends are, right? Um, and what AOC has said in response to that is, well, you see, we have a co-sponsor list that, that we first made whenever the bill... Oops, I really bumped it to the table there. Hold on a second. Let, let that simmer there for a second. Okay. Uh, AOC was like, well, we have a, like a co-sponsor bill that, that um, you know, we have like a list of co-sponsors that, that was included on the bill whenever we first, whenever we first introduced it. But she doesn't realize that one, that co-sponsor list is outdated because that was made again whenever there wasn't a pandemic and whenever there wasn't an economic depression. Whereas now... Right. If if you if you look at people, if you like force a vote on Medicare for all, you can point out that these people still wouldn't even vote for Medicare for all vote for Medicare for all in the middle of a pandemic and an economic depression. That makes those people look even worse. And on top of it, too, a co-sponsor ultimately means nothing because you can co-sponsor a bill, but not vote for it. You can you, you don't have like whenever you co-sponsor something. You yeah. don't have to vote for it. Whenever you vote for something, you're taking direct action to say, yeah, I want this passed. And that's true. Yeah. So, so that whole thing is just ridiculous. Like even then, even then we win on that front, right? Cause we at least get an updated list of like who our enemies are. Right. And I've also heard this argument too, which, which I hate this argument. It was, well, you know, they can like still get it passed through backdoor deals. Um, you know, like the usual, like the usual, like uh, the usual swamp negotiations that, that, uh, that DC is very well known for at this point, the kind of deals that Pelosi partakes in and that Trump partakes in that kind of thing. Um, and that hasn't really yielded a lot of results for the left. I mean, um, Jay, I don't know if you like heard about this. Um, AOC got snubbed out of, uh, what was it? The committee of, was it energy? I think, let me check real quick. It's the, that's right. She got, she got snubbed for a seat on the energy and commerce committee. And like a lot of people like thought like, oh yeah, like she's definitely going to get this. And she lost it because again, Pelosi's in charge uh, Pelosi's in charge of like, of nominating people to those seats. And she didn't nominate AOC to that sheet. She ended up nominating, uh, Kathleen Rice to that seat instead. And trying, trying, trying to play nice with corporate Democrats just is not going to work. They've been trying to do it for the past two years. It just has not worked. And that's like the same kind of strategy that like Bernie Sanders, honestly, Bernie Sanders really just isn't even really doing much anyways. Um, his political instincts are kind of as, as great as some of his ideas were, his political instincts were just, were not that great. Um, so anyways, yeah, like people saying like, oh yeah, like they can, they, they can just like trust that 
trust that they can get it done through like these backdoor deals that DC is so well known for. And it's like, no, no, like you, like you need, you need, you need like a certain kind of clout within DC in order to like be successful at those kind of deals. And AOC, as popular as she is, does not have that kind of clout within within DC. Because if she did, she wouldn't have gotten snubbed for a seat like this. Well, I mean, she's also and, really young too. Um, yeah. And I guess she's also really put herself out there as having a lot of clout because of the way she markets herself. Um, mm. I guess above all, AOC is a marketer. Um, um, I guess like she she has her political opinions, um, but really what she's mostly great at is just uh, creating herself as a brand. I mean, calling herself as AOC is basically yeah. like one of the one of the like best ways that you can just be remembered by like everybody. Yeah. And then of course she also has like sort of like fake um, outrage at people. Whenever like Republicans have referred to her as AOC, there have been moments where she's acted offended about it. So I'm I'm fairly certain she's just somebody who tries her best to get into the news all the time to like build up clout. Uh, I think she's yeah. one of the smartest people in politics because of that. She does Twitch streams and she does a bunch of different things. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I mean, her. I think for the most part, her political instincts are actually pretty good. But yeah, for something like this, like you, you think and there's even been and like part of like the whole move, the movement's also been kind of like picking up on this too. Like whenever she was campaigning and even like even like there was even a tweet she put out like what was it? It was like really it was really close um, to the time uh, that this movement actually started gaining traction. She made a post saying like, yeah, like Medicare for all is like really important. And like, we need to do whatever we can to get this thing um, to get this thing passed. She said that on like December 4th of this year. And, and now, and as soon as like, as soon as like whenever push comes to shove and, and people are like calling for her to take direct action to try and get, um, medicare for all passed it's all of a sudden it's oh well you see no no we can't really do that because like uh, because you know like my, my hair is kind of dry this morning and like also i'm just like feeling a little bit dizzy today so like maybe another time and uh yeah no that's that's really not acceptable especially given how how vocal she's been about how important medicare for all is yeah and her re- yeah and her her reasoning was for well for one was oh well, we just don't have the votes on medicare for all so like why do and it's like you don't have the votes well then get to work on that like that's your yeah. job that's why you're there start convincing people start start again if you, if you want to try and like make some kind of backdoor deals that people people seem to think work even even in reality when they don't like okay get to work on that then like that's that's part of like what you're there to do right um I guess I just wanted to say as a fun fact is that the last person who voted present in the uh, call for the House of Representatives speaker, speaker of the House, LMAO, why did I call it that, um, was John Dennis Hastert, who just went by Dennis Hastert, who was a also a convicted felon. Not sure if before or after he ran. And what year? um, 2005. That was the last time somebody voted present. Um, there have been oh. moments where people haven't voted for them who haven't voted. Um, and I guess all that I'm seeing is that it looks like Paul Ryan didn't vote uh, when he was in position because he didn't want to vote for himself. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's all I really see. It seems like mostly everybody was there for call, but yeah. mostly everybody cast their vote for somebody. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Yeah, So, um, so yeah, obviously like this is... This is a move that's like really not used a lot, but um, but yeah, I think we have I think we have a we have an op- we have an opportunity here to to really use something like this to our yeah. uh, to our advantage. It's always interesting um, the like political tools that exist that sometimes uh, people just kind of pull out of nowhere. It's it's always yeah. fun. Um, yeah, yeah. One one thing that I always wonder if it's ever going to just get completely like removed or disgraced or whatever the term would be is the uh, the uh, oh, shit. I'm talking so slow. What the fuck? Um, no uh, worries. No worries. It's like one of the like most basic things that everybody knows about. What's it called? Or you just talk a lot. Oh, filibuster. Yeah. The filibuster. 
Filibusters, yeah. Yeah. What what about like oh are you saying like we could use that? Maybe yeah. oh, I Oh no, I'm not saying that you could use that. I'm just saying it's like one of those political tools that used to not get used too often because it was supposed to be meant for like meant for like really important occasions, but recently politicians mm-hmm. have started using it a hell of a ton. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I think, and I think there's, a, I think there's also been a call, and I think it's been mainly from the left to actually outlaw like filibusters or like try and like find a way to like ban filibusters. Um, because yeah, I think there's been like a call, like yeah, um, I think I think some people have been saying like yeah, those have been like used way too frequently, but um, yeah, definitely, I agree with that. Yeah. Well, anyways, anyways, look, we we're hitting the the one hour mark. Um, so what so I think I think this should be a good time to sort of like wrap things up. I I kind of and, and sorry, Jay, I feel like I've been kind of like talking for the majority of this for the majority oh, no, of great, this man. podcast. You're absolutely on fire. This is something you're passionate about and it's good to hear how you're passionate about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's kind of been like one of the main point, um, one of the main ideas of our podcast. Um, so, anyways, um, I kind of want to like end this, but end this by saying I, I'm not. It by this point, if like if you are not for Medicare for all, or if like you're just like if you are someone who is just like vehemently like against Medicare for all. Um, Obviously, I'm not going to convince you to this side by this point because this has been an idea that's been tossed around for for so long, and that that's something that that is that is an idea that you are going to have to accept on your own terms. That being said, if you are for Medicare for all and you really want it passed, um, I think this is how do I put it this way? If you really want Medicare for all passed. This is the time to do it. This is the kind of movement uh, to get behind, to, to to take some kind of action to try and get this thing passed in the middle, again, in the middle of a pandemic and economic depression. This is the time to do it. So uh, if you have any interest in, in, in trying to get something like this passed, um, you know, uh, feel free to DM me. Feel free to um, to go on Twitter and look in look into into what this movement is all about, um, and, and do it soon. Because again, time is of the essence here. Uh, January third is when the vote takes place, and there's there's a lot there's a lot of action um, and a lot of organizing being done um, among the left. I'm actually part of a. I, I've actually joined a group in uh, trying to. Um, it, it, in trying to help um, like make materials and stuff to, to, to get this thing to sort of spread the word about this. I just recently helped um, uh, make a bunch of posters that we're going to try and circulate around online to try and get, um, to try and get people to like call, um, call representatives and email representatives and, and all this kind of stuff. Um, so that we, we can sort of make a lot of noise and try and uh, try and get the attention uh, of all these, uh, of all these representatives. And of course, just like spread this movement around to a bunch of people who, who may, you know, who may not even know about this, but are actually really for Medicare for all and just don't know about this movement yet. Right. Um, so anyways, um, yeah. Jay, did you have any other thoughts to add on to this, uh, to this whole topic? No, I mean, I feel like at this point I've just become so like, I've just become such a like NPC when it comes to political things that (laughs) I'm somebody who can voice his opinion on a couple of minute things maybe, but at the end of the day, I'm not a voter. I don't know if I really plan to be, um, and I don't know if I endorse anything anymore. So just let's just, yeah. let's just put it at that. Yeah, yeah. I can and look, I can understand that, and I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not someone who's like. I feel like I'm just somebody who's like constantly really trying to discern things. So I never really want to mm-hmm. like jump into the water feet first with uh, political um, final decisions. I guess I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and look, I, I I understand that you know you you want to take the time to 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 understand things, and sort of discern on to discern and and think about these things, and that that in and of itself, like that is a good thing. Um, and obviously, I'm not going to be the person to be like, oh, like shame on you, like fuck you, why are you not like why are you not um why are you not why are you not taking action in this important time? I something like that, I don't think is very helpful because I think that that crosses the line into like voter shaming or like shaming people for like their beliefs as, as long as like anyone's beliefs aren't like racist, sexist, homophobic or something like that. Like I, I, I don't think, 
I don't think it's like very helpful for me to like shame people for feeling those things because um, that's not going to do anything to convince them to to be on this side, right? Ultimately, yeah. that's though these are beliefs and these are ideas that people need to come to on their own terms. And once they do come to those ideas, once they once they like settle on like ideas or convictions or beliefs or whatever, um, you know, then then they can then they can at least then they'll be more willing to act on those things if that makes any yeah, sense I right? appreciate that like when people yeah. over with good arguments and um yeah when people over with good yeah. arguments and logic yeah yeah exactly right that that's kind of the idea um so having these kind of discussions uh yeah coming coming to realizations like like these it takes time and it takes a lot of these kind of dis- discussions to happen, right? And I, I guess that's also kind of why we're doing this too. We're just like having the discussions so that way people, people like you, listener, uh, people like you, um, might also slowly come, uh, slowly and honestly come to understandings about about our government and about our political world. So, um, anyways, on that note. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Tea Time with the Big Dogs. Again, if you have any interest in trying to help uh, get this movement get this movement going, if you have any interest in, in trying to get Medicare for All passed um, on the House floor, just getting getting it put up for a vote or whatever, right? If you have any interest in this movement, feel free to DM me. Feel free to ask me any questions. Feel free, of course, to share this podcast too. If you're if you're part of this. If you're already part of this movement and you're like, yeah, like I like these ideas, you know, feel free to share this thing too. Um, also, if you have any other topics that you'd want Jay or I to bark about on the microphones, uh, please let us know in the DMs. Uh, or if you want to come on the show as a guest, feel free to let us know as well. We'd love to have you on. Um, thank you for listening. And as always, I'm Big Dog Ethan. And I'm Graham. <laughs> Wait, what? And I'm Big Dog Jay. And, uh, I think I was about to have a stroke there. What? Yeah. (laughs) I'm grandpa. (laughs) And your grandpa. Yeah, your grandpa. (laughs) Okay. Take two of that. I'm Big Dog Ethan. (laughs) And I'm Big Dog Jay. And we are signing off for good this time, friend. Have a good one. Bye.